Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 8 a.m. on the West Coast, Agent Power Huddle. And we are in the middle of a series about the way of the seal by Mark Devine. The book by Mark Devine, Way of the Seal, it's about thinking like an elite warrior. And we are going through that. We are on principle number seven. So number seven out of an eight-part series. I'm here with my good friend, Craig Graves. Craig is an unbeatable mind coach. Craig, you want to tell us a little more about Mark Devine and the book and uh, your credentials as an unbeatable mind coach? Yeah, I'll be happy to, um, Matthew. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, glad to be back uh, to talk about the way of the seal again with uh, my friend, Matthew. Um, Mark Devine is a retired Navy SEAL commander. Um, Mark spent 20 years in SEAL teams, and he wrote this book, The Way of the SEAL. And Mark, uh, <clears throat> when Mark left the Navy, he uh, started teaching these mindset techniques to uh, SEAL candidates. And we talked about this before, but if you, you know, if you missed it or just do a quick review, about 15% of SEAL candidates actually make it through SEAL training. The guys who go train with Mark uh, have a 90% success rate. So the mindset techniques that Mark teaches um, are definitely helping these young men get through, get through SEAL training. Mark's story, Matthew, Mark was a, a CPA on Wall Street. He was working for, I believe it was Price Waterhouse. I think that's, that, I think that's changed. That, that company name's changed now, but that's a, an old school firm on Wall Street. He had this very lucrative financial career laid out for him. He was going to go... Uh, get some experience on Wall Street, go back and take over his family business. He started training in a martial arts dojo there in Manhattan. And he was doing, uh, obviously, the, the, the martial art, the physical piece of that, but also the integrated breathing and, and mindset training there. And he started to feel unaligned with this job on Wall Street. And he ended up quitting after walking through Manhattan and seeing one of those Navy SEAL posters in the uh, Navy recruiter office window. And so he gave all that up and joined the SEAL teams, man. And uh, like you say, he spent 20 years there, got out of the teams and, and built some businesses, ended up training SEAL candidates. Uh, he, he does these events. One of those events is called Kokoro. It's a 50-hour event based on the Navy SEAL Hell Week. And his first, his first event, he had seven or eight guys who were going to go be Navy SEALs. The next, uh, the next event, you know, um, a civilian shows up and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And the guy's like, uh, well, you know, I always want to test myself and see if I had what it takes. And so here I am. And Mark was like, OK, well, let's see what happens. And then the next the next event, there were three civilians. And then he realized he had a civilian market. And that's when he started the Unbeatable Mind. And he started training coaches uh, down the road. And I had read this book in 2013, and it made such an impact on me and in my life. I've always been kind of a, a self-improvement junkie. So. Uh, when he opened up his coaching program, then I, I joined up and got certified. Yeah. So that's kind of a long, a long answer to your question, but but here I am. Well, we were doing this every week. If you follow along with the Agent Power Hunter, we were doing this every week. Uh, last week, we were not on, so we're back this week with principle number seven. There is a Facebook group for Agent Power Huddle. I hope you all were a part of that. There are two files, PDF files that we've uploaded that go along with this book. So check those out. One is the workbook that goes with the way of the seal it's the the workbook that goes along with that but early on in this series there were three p's 
purpose, passion, and principles. And there was a three-piece document that helps walk you through those to help you identify your purpose, your passion, and what your principles are. That went along with principle number one out of the book, establishing your set point. So just wanted to give a shout out to our Facebook group and the files that are there. If you haven't been there, check those out and it'll help you follow along what we're studying through this series. Quick review, what brings us to principle seven, uh, Craig? Yeah like, yeah, like Matthew said, principle number one was establishing our set point. We created a stand there, which is, you know, what we will do in a certain situation. And we also defined our purpose and our, and our, and our overall mission. In step number two, now that we have the, and these kind of build on each other. So in, in principle number two, now that we've got a purpose, we establish front sight focus by preparing our mind, envisioning our goal, defining our mission, and simplifying the battlefield. In number three, we bulletproofed our mission. You know, how do we bulletproof our mission? We do that by selecting high-value targets, uh, exploring our options, uh, communicating our division. Communication is obviously very important in, in just about every respect. And then we also dirt dive the mission, which is kind of going through it mentally and in our team environment. Uh, in principle number four, we, uh, we do today what others want, so we can do tomorrow what others can't. That's the smoke jumpers creed, if you don't know that. We talked about finding our 20x factor. Now, Mark would tell you that you are capable of doing 20 times more than you think you are. So whatever your, your, whatever your baseline in your mind is, you can do 20 times more than that. We learned to embrace the suck, and we built the three Ds of discipline, drive, and determination. In, in lesson five or principle five, we forged mental toughness. Uh, we learned how to control our response and our, uh, and our attention. Box breathing. Box breathing. We developed emotional resilience. Uh, we set effective goals, and we talked about visualizing powerfully. We talked about visualizing, I think, in a couple principles, but we also did it there. Last time was break things. We talked about applying total commitment, about burning our boats. We talked about the, uh, the, uh, the, the army that sailed their boats to a foreign shore. And when they got there, the commander said, all right, burn the boats. So now we either have to, we either have to win or, or basically die in that situation. Uh, we learned how to fail forward fast. Matt, a lot of people are afraid to even start because they're worried about failure. But failure is actually a good thing because it is the perfect teacher. Yeah. Uh, we navigated gaps for opportunities. You know, the market's changing. Things are changing constantly. Uh, how do we see opportunities within those, within, those, uh, within those gaps? And we talked about innovating and adapting quickly. And that leads us up to today, which is principle number seven, building our intuition. So before we get into that, I wanted to mention that we are monitoring the chat and the Zoom call. You guys can, if you're following live, along live on Facebook, which we're streaming there, if you're asking questions there or commenting, Zach, if you'll help those with uh, put those in the chat with Zoom, Craig and I are monitoring that during this call. And if there are questions or comments, we'll hopefully have time today to address those. But whether you're following us on uh, Facebook or on Zoom, uh, make those comments, ask your questions, and we will do our very best to address those. So, Craig, that was a lot of buildup to bring us to where we are now. Our topic for today, building intuition. Uh, the way of the seal. Uh, can I start with the first paragraph there? You can. Get us started. Please do. So let's talk about intuition a little bit. Intuition is little understood, but the warrior has relied on it and attempted to develop it as a skill since the dawn of time. This has primarily centered around expanding the field of awareness that the leader possesses so they can recognize and understand more information 
and make sense of the emergent patterns. That's where we are with intuition. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to hit on four things today in this principle, number seven, expanding our awareness, strengthening our sensory perception, uncovering our background of obviousness. And we'll get into what that is uh, as we go and then opening up to our inner wisdom. So, you know, Matthew, that, that thing you just read is actually a key takeaway from the back of the book. And I just put that in there verbatim because I think it, it really gives a good definition of what, of what intuition is. And it has been relied on by these warrior cultures for years, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, even maybe. And I've read several military-based books where these guys talk about tapping into this, this intuition. Um, you know, I even had a friend. I used to manage a guy on a, on a team that I managed. It was a, it was a ranger who had, had retired from the Army. Mm-hmm. And he would talk about, you know, his team being in the jungle, and the point man would just all of a sudden stop because he could just feel something was out of place. Yeah. And sure enough, most, most of the times that happened, there was something there. Yeah. Do you have experience with that, with your military background? Is that? Yeah, it, you definitely sense that when you're in situations like that. Uh, most of all, my military time was just training, but you'd be in those environments. And you can definitely sense when things were happening. And we call that sixth sense or intuition or whatever it is. Just, uh, just um, you, you want to trust that and learn to trust that. Yeah. Um, but we, we teach that as one of the very first things when we have new agents aboard our team or they enter into this industry. And it's a good reminder even now. But when you get the call and something just doesn't feel right, you got to trust your intuition, whether it's meeting a stranger at a, at, a, at a house, you don't know them, you haven't qualified them properly, or you have an open house and someone comes in. And uh, some people say it's the hair that'll stand up on the back of your neck, but it's intuition. And you got to trust that. Don't don't be so after the commission uh, or want to make the sale so bad that you you deny your intuition. You don't listen to that. So you actually go over that with the, with the new agent. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's important in training to to think about that. Right. Because in what we do, it can actually be very, very dangerous. Y'all, oh, yeah, um, sure. that we're out in vacant homes at times, open houses. Uh, we really shouldn't do those alone. Uh, you shouldn't meet people that just call up and want to see a home, particularly if it's out in a secluded area. So you've got to be mindful of those things. But that's part of the training is to just trust your intuition on it. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. You know, we talked about woo-woo stuff and in, in other principles. And, and it sounds like everybody on the at least who's spoken out on the call is, is open to that kind of thing. But, you know, and there is some woo-woo kind of with the in, intuitive process, maybe. I mean, you know, how many times have you been thinking about somebody and all of a sudden your phone rings and it's them, you know? Or you, or you go to the grocery store. And you know, I need, I need to get, do I need to get meal? I think I do. And then you get it, and you get home, and sure enough, you needed it. You know, so there is that kind of that kind of bizarre uh, uh, maybe sixth experience. Sense. Yeah, the sixth sense with intuition. But a lot of developing it, and a lot of intuition is really just expanding our awareness. And that's kind of what we go through. And we're going to go through in these four bullets. And in, in fact, expanding our awareness is the first topic that Mark spring, that Mark brings up. Mm-hmm. Um. So really, Matthew, expanding awareness is about being able to take in more information. And the way he talks about training this is the way he teaches his trainees to do this is to basically just do that, shift focus. I mean, how many times do you really take in all the surroundings when you walk into a room or go into a restaurant or, or, or even a house or even a neighborhood when you're, when you're going to list a property? I mean, is that something that you consciously do just in day-to-day or as part of our business? Yeah, part of your business. Well, day-to-day too, I guess. Well, the studies I've done on it, we are inundated with information and and sensory um, stimuli, let's say, like you're driving down the road 
you're, you're really overwhelmed with the number of things that are coming at you. And so you have to be able to dial in and focus on mm-hmm. certain things. There's no way to possibly take in all the information that's out there. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the answer to your question, you go into a situation, there's no way to take in fully everything. But to be able to expand your awareness, which is what Mark's uh, addressing here specifically in the book, is about how do you take in more than you otherwise would. Right. Expand the awareness. Right, right. So that's that's what we're, we're going to talk about training that for a minute. So he, he talks about two different techniques for that. There's, so there's a focused awareness. And that's when you focused in on the one thing, right? And that's where most of us really live most of the time. At least I know I do. Um, he talks well, about using your eyes like laser beams because you're focused in on whatever it is. Yeah. Well, you said you you have a tendency to dial in, and I do too. And I've heard some people teach that's part of how men are wired is to focus in on things like that. I know my wife's intuition, uh, married 14 years. I've learned to trust her on that. <laughs> she, she takes in a lot more than yeah. I do. And that's helping see blind spots and areas. Absolutely. And I do think that the, that, that women probably are more intuitive and they rely on that more than, more than men do, I would say. But it is funny. You know, I've, I've lived in this general area. I'll be, I'll be 50 this month. It's my 50th birthday. birthday. Well, thank you. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was riding down the road and just happened to look over and see a house that I had never seen before in my entire life. Probably been down that road thousands of times. Yeah. So we're just we're just focused in on, on that thing. So. That's one of the things we want to look at is our focused awareness, but also to relaxed awareness. So that's a technique where you kind of defocus the eyes and you just allow information to flow through the eyes into the mind as if your mind is if your eyes are a window. And so you're feeding that information into your subconscious mind. Yeah. And that increases your awareness of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very interesting. I think some of this comes back to the the primal days and the caveman days. You you had to zone in on all all the information. You had to zone in on certain things because your life was on the line. And when you mentioned driving, I think we especially do that when we're driving. Oh, absolutely. Because there's certain things when you're driving that you have to be aware of because your yeah, life depends yeah, on. Yeah, let me. See. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going to say that. Don't yep. don't like be focused if you're if you're driving your car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's definitely yeah. not something to do. Yeah. I happened to look over a flying helicopter. Yeah. I happened to look over and see this house. So I, I wasn't just kind of zoning out there to, to do that. Um, it, a good way to train this, Matt, Mark talks about a game called the Kim game. So you take eight to 10 objects, you, you lay them out over a table. You might have maybe your, your wife or one of your kids do this while you're not looking, right? And then they cover this thing up with a blanket. And so then they uncover when you're looking at it and you try to take in everything that's on, that's on the blanket. And then, you know, 30 seconds go by, whatever that number is, whatever, you know, a minute, whatever. Then they cover it back up. And then you try to recall how many items on the, on the thing that you can recall. Yeah. And that's a way to train that, that focused awareness yeah. versus relaxed awareness. Yeah. Another thing, too, man, is just to consciously do it as you walk into a room. You know, uh, you know uh, if you and I are talking, I'm obviously focused on you. But I can kind of defocus and I see the picture over there on the wall and the writing on the board over here. Yeah. And so, you know, you can consciously zone in and kind of defocus at the same time to train that skill. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's critically important. There's a lot more information available to us that we could take in and use that to our advantage if we can train our minds to do that. The other exercise I've seen in a group setting is where the instructor would put a photo on the board for a certain amount of time, maybe 10 seconds. And you got a piece of paper and a pen and the photo goes up for 10 seconds and it could be a complicated image. Uh, I remember the last one that we did this, it was a, a robber who was a, who was just escaping from a house, I believe it was. I could still picture this. And so then when the picture comes down, everyone's activity is to write down specifically all the way down to colors and everything, everything you can remember about that. 
So it was taking that information in into your, and lock it into your memory for long enough to make notes about it. And then after the photo was down, never had a chance to do that. Then we went through to see one by one in the group, list out the things that you have on your paper. And if somebody calls it out, you scratch it off your paper. And then who's the last one in the room to have something that they remember about it that nobody else could remember? So who's taking the most information? In? Oh, that's interesting. So, and you do that a couple of times and you, you, you know, you've only got just a small amount of time to take all the information in and you can't really focus in on anything, but like grab a photo of it in your mind, a mental picture. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. And another thing, another kind of example, maybe that comes to mind. And that's, that sounds like more like the relaxed awareness aspect, mm-hmm. but for the focused awareness, I remember there's a, there's probably a video of this on YouTube, but there's like three or four guys standing in a circle, passing a basketball around. And whoever's doing this thing tells you focus on the basketball. And so while you're watching the basketball goes around, go around the circle, you know, it's random. They're not, a guy walks through the circle in a gorilla suit. <laughs> and most people will not see that guy in the gorilla. It's crazy yeah. that sounds. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that one? And not, not that that was specifically, but exercises like that. I've, the, the one I've seen is where they you're, you're, you're instructed to focus on a certain color. Yeah. And then there's very obvious things of a different color and you just are totally unaware uh, and building your intuition. You would, you would not be able to do that if you're not aware of everything that's going on. Got it. So it was kind of a, a thought process of not dialing in on anything specific, like you say, the basketball. But that's where my where I was going with. There's so much information available to us that if we could take more of it in, it's it's more useful to yes. us and makes us more powerful as warriors or business people or agents. Yeah, and it's going to help us make better decisions too, right? I mean, if you're if you're having a conversation with somebody, and I'm I'm going to just assume some things here, so correct me if I'm wrong. If you're having a conversation with a client, you know, when you're focused in on that person and what's going on there, you may not see that the fact that you know the spouse is not liking what's going on or whatever and, and you know if, if you realize that and you can shift and and, and and manage the conversation in a better fashion so i think the point there is really there's uh, you want to expand your awareness of the surroundings and when you're in that relaxed awareness state your mind's just taking in more information feed into the subconscious and then you have to be able to listen to that subconscious as it, as it talks back to you strong yeah good, good information yeah, so the next thing we want to talk about is strengthening our sensory perception. Okay. And that is really um, <clears throat> more about just being able to uh, process information. This, this, this might sound a little bit crazy, but in other ways. So like, you know, maybe there's somebody that you've been around and you just picked up on their, on their negative energy or, or whatever that is. And so you're not only taking in information from with your eyes, but you're also taking information in through your other sensory um, sensory means. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the ways Mark talks about this, and we've talked about breathing um, multiple times on these calls, but your mindfulness practice is going to help. It's going to help in that respect. So as you sit in, in, in silence, and it'll really help with all this building intuition stuff, but he specifically points that out under strengthening your sensory perception. And an example he uses is, you know, a lot of SEAL training is mind games. It's just the instructors, you know, seeing, how, seeing what you can take in your mind. So he talks about his example is he could read their eyes to see when they were really being serious or when it was just a mind game that they were playing with the guys. And that helped him That helped him in, in the SEAL training, yeah. you know. So, I mean, have you, have you got experiences like, like that? With, I, I do it with my kids. Um, okay. Because I'll, I'll, I'll change my voice with them and I'll, I'll – 
you know, different ways with them, but I do that intentionally and they'll try, is daddy serious right now? That type of thing. But I want them to be able to pick up on that because it's going to be so, I feel like it's going to be so useful for them in their life. But uh, as what we do with agents, I mean, communication, relating with people. I mean, that's, that is so important. Um, I was on the show with Chris last night and and he said, he said, are you sure you're not a therapist? I said, well, actually, and what we do as real estate agents, a lot of days I feel like a therapist. Interesting. And so it's, it's ultimately what we do is relate to people and take care of people. So being able to sense that and read them and take in their communication. The thing I thought about when you're talking about the communication is only a small percentage of communication is verbal. You know, the majority majority of it is nonverbal, nonverbal. So if you're sensing someone's body, uh, their posture, um, their body language, what they're trying to say, maybe not even intentionally, um, such a huge advantage for the agent that wants to excel in this market. Right, right. Another thing he talks about here too, under under sensory perception is um, before and for meetings and, and things like that, he'll actually do a quick box breathing practice just to clear his own mind and, and to ground him so he can pick up on these these other uh, these other inputs. Okay. So that's something else that uh, we want to keep in mind. Um, the third thing is uncovering our background of obviousness. Now, the background of obviousness, um, that's really things about ourselves that we don't necessarily see, but maybe others do. And a lot of these things in our background of obviousness are formed in, in childhood and, and they're perform- they're, they happen because of maybe traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about here is being able to deal with these with these things that have happened to us and, and, and maybe leave imprints on us. Because, you know, Matt, if we want to be a, a million dollar real estate agent, but we have a, a deep hidden belief that we can't, that nobody's going to buy anything from us, then that's that's going to prevent us from getting to that goal. So what, he's, yeah, so what he's talking about here is going back and identifying these things and, uh, and, and dealing with them. And he, he actually takes you through a process to do that where, you know, we talked about the mind gym where we go to do our minds, our mind training. And we're talked about our future be and, and, and being able to visualize where, where we want to go. But you can also do that in reverse. And in the exercises, he steps you through a process of going into your mind gym and then visualizing these past experiences. And he talks about ways to to overcome and change those beliefs that have been imprinted on us at an early age. Um, some of these things can be traumatic, right? And if they are, then you might want to work with uh, with a therapist in, over, in order to overcome. But you know, you mentioned Chris. It's it's kind of cool because uh, you know I don't think anybody on this call knows, but I was the co-host of the show for about two years. And one of the things we talked about is is you know is this very process. It's called recapitulation. It's going back into your past in your mind. And then reliving these events and being able to overcome those things. This is actually something that therapists use in their office in order to in order to help their clients. So it's about lining up the inner with the outer, so that we can meet our meet our goals and not self sabotage. Yeah, if those are conflicting, you're going to have trouble succeeding. Absolutely, and never have clarity and never really get ahead. Yeah, and you can do things on a subconscious level to even sabotage your success. You know. You know, I got a guy ready to sign a contract. Oh, you know, maybe uh, I got to go do this first. And, you know, you never show up. So you, you can't actually do that. So that's about dealing with those with those past experiences. Yeah. And then finally, what you got? Well, I just thought that was significant enough to read this directly out of our notes. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Portion. Please do. And it's, it's deeply hidden beliefs 
can cause our subconscious mind to work against our conscious desires in direct and in indirect ways. They can sabotage our self-confidence and our intuition and decision-making, especially when things are tense or chaotic, such as in the break thing scenario. And just having a team meeting this morning, we're talking about the real estate business overall. It, it just is tense and chaotic. There's no way to avoid it. It just is going to be tense and chaotic. There's a thousand moving pieces, a lot of emotions, a lot of money, and it's going to be tense and chaotic. So I think it's even more important what we're studying today. Good deal, man. So the final, the final thing we want to cover is opening up to your inner wisdom. And what we're talking about here is, um, is being able to um, make decisions with a clear mind, basically. So he talks about going into, um, you know, if you have a decision you need to make and going into your, your mind gym, if you will. And he even talks about bringing in a counselor. And basically, this is just your subconscious mind. You're just giving your subconscious mind a face. Is this what your gut telling you? Kind of like is that. that. Is that yeah. where it goes to? Yeah, yeah. The stomach is often called the little brain because yeah. it contains millions is, of neurons. So yeah, part of it is listening gut. to the gut, right? So we talk about having a heart, a, a brain in our, in our, in our gut. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds kind of crazy. But, you know, there's there's millions of neurons in the brain. And we do get those gut feelings sometimes. Like we talked about our, our military example of being out in the jungle mm-hmm. and he's pointing me and all of a sudden they just, they, they feel that. They feel that, right? Yeah, yeah they, they feel that. And so being able to listen to it. Um, so yeah, so making important decisions too. Uh, you know, Napoleon Hill talked about having uh, counselors in his, in his mind. And we had a conversation about this in our mastermind group and, and, our, and our pastor that, that's in the group um, was a little concerned about bringing spirits into the into your mind, but it's really just about giving your subconscious a face. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're clearing your mind, and you're and you're listening for those intuitive hits. And basically, it's your subconscious coming to you, and then helping you reach decisions. So let's open it up to that inner to that inner wisdom. Listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. Yeah. Listen Especially at times of war and when, when times are tense and chaotic. Yeah. Going back to that quote. So you analyze the situation. And then, you know, you sit in silence and, and, and try to come up with an answer. Mm-hmm. And if you get, you know, if you get intuitive hits, if, if things pop into your mind, then, then, then perhaps that's your answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know in the military, we would talk about uh, trusting our training in a lot of cases. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. you know, we've, we're rarely in a situation where the military hasn't trained us for that point. So, you know, fall back on your training and you know, listen to your gut. Right. So, right. All right. Was that the last one? That's the last one. So opening up our inner wisdom. So the big four for today, building your intuition, was the principle seven for today. Building our intuition. And so the big four about building intuition, number one, expanding our awareness. Expanding our awareness. Focused versus relaxed. Feeding our subconscious mind when using our relaxed awareness. Number two, strengthening our sensory perception. Yeah. Being able to take in information, not just with the eyes, but also with the other, with the other sensory uh, inputs that we have. Number three, uncovering our background of obviousness. Yeah. That's about identifying those, those deep held beliefs or traumas that hold us back from being successful or being able to make good decisions. Number four, the last one, opening up our inner wisdom, listening to our gut, learning how to listen to your gut. That's right. So those are our big four for our principle seven today, which was building intuition. Uh, last one's coming up. Craig, is it next week? It is next week. Principle, principle number, number eight. eight. Yes, it is. Let's give them a 
foreshadowing of the last principle that we'll cover as part of the way of the seal book. Principle number eight is think offense all the time. So we'll talk about that next week. Wrap it up, man. Isn't that what they say? The best defense is a good offense? That's, that's, the other that's way right. No, that's <laughs> right. You got it right. All offense yeah, all the time. That's exactly right. Well, we thank you all for tuning in to Agent Power Huddle. I think we're out of time for this session. So we look forward to seeing you next time. And we will finish up our series of Way of the Seal, Mark Devine. Craig, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. See you guys. Have a wonderful day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.